This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. It's International Tiger Day or Global Tiger Day as it's also known this 29th of July, celebrated annually to raise awareness for tiger conservation around the world. But in Malaysia, we are still fighting very hard to protect our critically endangered Malayan tiger, our symbol of national pride and the apex predator in our forests. With stats putting their numbers at less than 150 left in the wild, what more can we do to keep them in the wild for generations to come? So joining me on the show today is Christopher Wong. He's the Tiger Lead for WWF Malaysia. We're going to discuss, you know, all the different efforts, you know, and all the different people working hard to protect our endangered uh, Malayan tiger. We're also going to be talking a little bit more uh, about the issue of human-tiger conflict and see how we can change that to human-tiger coexistence. Welcome, Christopher. How are you today? Good afternoon. Thanks, Juliet. Lovely to have you back on the show. So as I was saying, you know, this is our annual meetup uh, when we talk about tigers right. ahead of our world. Thanks tiger. for having me here. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, uh, Chris. So, um, yeah, I guess, you know, always we always start off with a little bit of a 101 and a little bit about, you know, our Malayan tigers and how absolutely awesome they are. Maybe we can do that again. You know, can you just remind our listeners why tigers are so awesome, why they are our uh, apex predator? Sure, never tired of talking about it. So <laughs> tiger as a species uh, in ecologically uh, is an apex predator. You have already mentioned that. So what it means is that it's, it's at the top of a food chain, keeping the ecosystem balanced. And then it is also being um, uh, uh, being seen as a, a, an umbrella species. So it requires a large roaming area. So protecting hab- uh, the tiger habitat is also home to many other wildlife that shares the same forest. And then not, not to be forgotten as well, uh, culturally uh, as Malaysian, um, the tiger is a symbol of bravery and strength. So hence making it the national animal, which could be found in the emblem of the country. So uh, these are some some of the basic introductions to tigers. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, our, our football team, you know, we've got bangs, you know, always <laughs> always used as a symbol of, you know, of, of courage, of, of bravery, of, you know, just being on top, right? So it's it's really quite, um, yeah, it's upsetting, isn't it? Especially, you know, for a researcher like you, for conservationists like you to know that, you know, um, the numbers are dwindling. But let's talk about the relationship between Malayan tigers and other species in the ecosystem, right? Because, of course, as you mentioned, they are the apex predator. What does that mean exactly? Yep, let's go to in a, le- a little bit more details as an apex predator. So the Malayan tiger keeps population of prey species in check, which in turn the maintains the, it maintains the balance in the ecosystem. So this is not only important for wildlife, but for people too. So their habitat is natural forest, which, uh, which we as humans uh, rely on. So wherever it's directed, uh, it's directly for our livelihood or indirectly, forest provides food for carbon sequestration or for other vital ecosystem services. And then um, when, when we talk about um, the, the, the topic of a climate change, uh, it's become more apparent now. Uh, so natural forests are becoming increasingly important as they are the best bet to increase our resilience. So they provide fresh water, clean air, regulate the climate to limit extreme weather, such as drought and, um, and, and, and also storms. So by protecting the tigers, we are protecting much more than just a species. Definitely. And and so basically what happens when their numbers are threatened, right? I mean, what are the sort of cascading effects, you know, when we lose uh, our apex predator in the ecosystem? So yeah, among, among the things that, uh, that that it will uh, affect is uh, when we talk about uh, the role, back to the role of the tiger itself as a species, right? So it is to maintain the ecosystem imbalances. Mm-hmm. So the tiger is an indicator of health of the ecosystem. 
So it helps to control the population of large herbivores, which in turn uh, affects the vegetation dynamic. So if the herbivores population grow in, in, in a manner that is not uh, regulated, it's not controlled, it can lead into overconsumption of vegetation, affecting the structure and composition of plant communities. So the, the, the next generations of trees will be affected in this way. And then this in turn have cascading effect on other animals, insects, and even water bodies in the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And then um, next, if uh, these kind of things happen as well, if, if the tigers is absent in the e ecosystem, uh, there are still sympatric carnivores uh, in the country. So sympatric carnivores, which are carnivores that uh, that has very similar um, role as a tiger. So there are the leopards and the doles. In absence of tiger, um, the carnivores, these kind of carnivores, the leopard, the dole will grow in numbers. And this kind of situation is not yet fully understood when this happened, but it is hypothesized that it, it will have overall negative effect on the whole uh, ecosystem balance. So, uh, and furthermore, right, we can also expect that the overflow of herbivores, if they are not regulated in the forest, uh, started to, 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 to flow into uh, to areas which are, which are uh, adjacent to the forest, causing an increase in human, a negative human wildlife uh, interactions, including damage to cash crops uh, planted by locals and even animals running into roads, causing roadkill, which endangered both the animal and the human being. Uh, so these kind of things, when an apex predator is being removed from the ecosystem, is very well documented in a case study in Yellowstone National Park. Uh, which was the absence of wolf in that national park. So coyotes ran rampant, the elk population exploded, overgrazing willows and aspens. So without all these kind of things in place, uh, without trees, uh, songbirds began to decline. Uh, beavers could no longer build their dams and riverbanks started to erode. It takes decades and decades of understanding and work to get the wolves back. And that's where they start to, to, to notice. And now the whole ecosystem in back, is back in balance. Mm -hmm. Amazing, isn't it? Because it's basically like a, a beautiful jigsaw puzzle, right? Everything has its place, everything. You just take out one and then, you know, the picture is just incomplete. And then things just, you know, kind of fall apart. That is correct. What, what you just said is everything is connected. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, we, we did, um, we always, I always make you do this, lah. tell us, I, I mentioned it briefly in the intro, but uh, maybe let's hear it from you. You know, what is their most current state, the, the current status of uh, Malayan tigers in the wild in Malaysia, as far as we know? Yeah, let's start off with uh, a, a study uh, led by the Pailitan, the Wildlife Department, uh, which was called the first National Tiger Survey, done from 2016 to 2020. Uh, through that whole uh, study, is revealed that there are fewer than 150 tigers in the country, a number that you already mentioned in your introduction. So this is uh, in the whole peninsula of Malaysia. Um, so another interesting fact here is that apart from captive uh, uh, animals, we don't have uh, tigers in uh, Sabah and Sarawak. So it's just peninsula Malaysia. So um, when Malaysia gave our commitment to double number our tiger population in 2010, the figure was at 500. So the goal was to have 1,000 in 2022. <laughs> of course, the number uh, to start off with could have been um, an estimated during that time, but it is still a fact that tiger has gone under severe threat and has now put the species under the category of critically endangered in IUCN status. So what it means with this uh, critically endangered is that if uh, if nothing is done to save the tiger in the near future, it stands a very, very high chance of going extinct. And of course, uh, you know, as, as you sort of like uh, outlined earlier, you know, if they do go extinct in the wild, then of course, you know, uh, those, those cascading effects are going to happen to the whole ecosystem, right? Like what we saw in Yellowstone, that could very much, uh, very potentially happen here as well in Malaysia. 
That is correct. Okay, all right. And, you know, earlier also you were sort of alluding to some things like, you know, um, uh, more interactions between the between tigers and, and, uh, and humans, right? So that's what they call a human-tiger conflict, right? That's the umbrella term for it. Can you share some of the main causes of human-tiger conflict, especially here in Malaysia? So, yep, uh, just sort of going back to the, the number 150 uh, in the whole peninsula of Malaysia, the number is not big. But uh, it's not a lot, but we are already seeing all this kind of uh, human-tiger negative interaction happening. So among the few things that are important for tigers are habitat, food source, and protection. So the forest, we first need to understand if um, the forest is being disturbed that causes the tiger to move out of the forest, causing this kind of uh, negative interaction. And then we also need to understand that if um, there are enough food for the tigers in the forest. So there are emerging um, disease that has already picked up in few areas in Peninsula Malaysia, which is the African swine fever. So what it, this disease does is that it causes, um, that the, it, it affects the wild boar and it causes the crash of wild boar population. So it means that there are less food for the tigers in the forest. Mm-hmm. And then next, of course, uh, if tigers are being protected from the poachers, uh, if the poachers set snares, it, if the, po- the poachers are firing towards uh, these, these animals, um, the injured animals could potentially be more aggressive because they are on a flight mode and they just want to save themselves. Mm-hmm. So with increase of these kind of incidences, it, it is already become a real agency to investigate the root of these issues and to find a holistic way to address and prevent before cases increase furthermore and we need to manage those damages. Okay, and you know we've been reading, of course, in the news. You know, some really—I mean, it's really upsetting uh, news, yeah, of human-tiger conflict uh, in Malaysia. Any, any that maybe you can uh, highlight to our listeners in case they missed it. Sure, I'm going to leave out the names of uh, those people involved in this one, and sure. um. You know, you can always find the news in the press or on the internet. So uh, one of the things I would like to share, you know, just in January 2022, very early last year, uh, one of the kampongs in uh, Guamusang, um, an orang asli villagers was attacked and killed by a tiger. It's, it's a very, very sad story. Um, and then uh, WWM Nature is obviously very saddened and tra- by this tragic incident, uh, which has caused a life of uh, both a human and the tigers was also uh, involved in this one. We'd like to extend our uh, deepest condolence to the family of the deceased. So uh, this tiger that has been shot, despite it being critically endangered species, which was as a nation are committed to protect at all costs, we we, we also share the concern um, for on both sides, the tiger and also the villagers. Uh, then next, uh, there's also another one, which is also in the state of Kelantan, uh, but it happens more recently in May. So. This happens to Orastis in the Batik tribe. Uh, he was also being found dead uh, days after incident involving a tiger in their their, their village. So this uh, what, what what happened was um, this Orang Asli was fishing with his uh, nephew uh, when the event unfolded at about um, in the morning, almost close to noon, eleven thirty a.m. as per reported on May 9th. So search and rescue team went in, people um, put in their effort, um, and then they, they tracked him, trying to track him down where he was. And, you know, to the end, it's, it's a tragic incident where they found um, his, his body uh, in the forest. 
So yeah, yep. Um, this these are just some of the negative incidences, and we really hope you know um, the, the the family who are who are related to to these people can recover from this tragedy. Mm-hmm. And it also, I mean, you know, you you wonder why also they are sort of like uh, coming into contact more with humans, right? And of course, you know, there are issues such as uh, their habitat shrinking, uh, and you know, you mentioned the African swine flu, right, which uh, decimated like uh, so much of their uh, of their prey, isn't it? So I mean, these could be also some of the reasons why you know they are uh, coming into conflict and we've also seen some I guess some news of tigers sort of like uh, coming into people's farms and things like that right we're also hearing news of, of, of that happening as well right search in search of prey that is correct yeah yep. okay all right let's just go for a quick break Chris when we come back let's talk about some of the measures that are being taken to manage this uh, I'm speaking today to Christopher Wong he's the tiger lead for WWF Malaysia it is uh, International Tiger Day on the 29th of July so we are talking everything about tigers especially our Malayan tiger today we, our focus is on how we can change human tiger conflict to human tiger coexistence especially here in Malaysia we'll continue that discussion after this quick break keep it right here on Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture BFM 89.9 Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. On the line with me today, Christopher Wong, the Tiger Lead for WWF Malaysia. We are celebrating International Tiger Day on the show today, uh, celebrated annually on the 29th of July to raise awareness on tiger conservation. Of course, as I think everyone here in Malaysia knows, we are fighting very hard to protect our critically endangered Malayan tiger, our symbol of national pride. As Chris mentioned also before the break, and um, you know, our num- the numbers aren't great, right? It's It's been uh, steadily decreasing throughout the years. But of course, you know, uh, efforts have really been ramped up and uh, yeah, you know, we are really quite positive lah, huh, that things will things will hopefully change. Um, so before the break, Chris, uh, we were talking about some really, really depressing, really sad incidences of human-tiger conflict, right? Where people actually lost their lives and, you know, in one of the cases subsequently, the tiger also had to be killed uh, because it took a human's um, life. What sort of measures uh, can you share with us that are being taken to manage these sorts of human-tiger conflicts here in Malaysia? So one of the things that um, that causes this kind of um, negative uh, human-tiger interaction is the competition for space. Uh, sometimes they need to move from an area where there are humans to get to another forest which they can survive. So one of the things that uh, WWF Malaysia looked into, apart from land uses, is to have uh, the wildlife corridors. So we have a very, very comprehensive plan, which is called the Central Forest Find Master Plan. It is being reviewed, and I think um, that the latest uh, version of it should be published very soon. So these uh, these kind of uh, linkages, and one of the challenges is that they have been identified, but this so much capacity all of us can do to to go down on the ground to evaluate the effectiveness of all these identified um, corridors. So WWF Malaysia working in the landscape, we managed to set up camera traps along the the Greek Chile Highway to to find out areas where um, some parts where there are more uh, crossing or utilization of animals. So that was where we lobbied for the government to invest certain part of money to build a viaduct. So the viaduct has been built and we were monitoring it before. Um, the wildlife uh, department, the Pehletan, has been uh, monitoring uh, during the, 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 well, it was after right after the, the, the uh, construction of the viaduct. So I think uh, next phase is to continuing documenting uh, how the animals are coming back uh, to utilize it to get from the top uh, portion of the forest to the bottom and vice versa. And I think if uh, we find out that uh, these kind of assessment will be able to tell us uh, what other intervention that should we do 
in order to promote all this uh, kind of um, uh, crossings from, from forest to another. Uh, apart from that, just let's get to the ground itself. So WWF carries out anti-poaching patrolling. WWF Malaysia, together with uh, Wildlife Department and also Parrot State Park Corporation in, in the northern area, we do carry out camera trapping as well. So if we find out that there are news about the uh, presence of tiger nearby, that's at least the thing that we can do to, to inform the villagers or in near vicinity of that to say, you know, let's be careful uh, because we find some tigers nearby this area. We're not going to tell you where, but be careful. And some of the things that uh, they already being uh, in practice, we just remind them, you know, go to the forest in a larger group of people, be more aware of your surrounding, just so that, you know, you can do the prevention instead of um, running into, in, in, into a conflict with tigers. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I just want to go back to, you know, uh, what you were saying earlier about viaducts, right? And we've seen that uh, working elsewhere, isn't it? I mean, there is enough proof and science behind that uh, that that solution to show that it is a very viable solution uh, uh, to protect uh, not just tigers, right, but wildlife in general, uh, especially when their habitats have been fragmented. That is correct. And it's not just establishing a viaduct and that will be the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there needs to be continuous uh, intervention that comes into managing that area. Is it, is it too crowded? Is it too overgrown? Uh, how can we uh, uh, better facilitate the movement from one area to another? Mm-hmm. Okay. So any, any other sort of like solutions to this human-tiger conflict in Malaysia? I mean, what are some best practices that you, you can share with us you know, for managing uh, you know, an issue, a uh, human-tiger conflict issue? Yeah, I, I think it goes back to the few things that are required for, for tigers, right? The habitat, the food, the protection. Yeah. So uh, some of the things when we when we delve into all this, first, uh, I mentioned already uh, the land use planning. Mm-hmm. A carefully planned development can reduce the negative interactions. So by ensuring that uh, forests are not <clears throat> further fragmented or very uh, degraded, it allows tigers to move from one area to another. Uh, that's true. Um, wildlife corridor and then uh, when the forest is really separated by say a road that's where um, what I mentioned earlier to establish a safe passage it can be a viaduct or it can be other means it doesn't need to be a viaduct per se but it just need a safe passage from from one area to another and sometimes we even realize that um, tigers do not need a very complicated structure they can cross we just need to make sure that um, some some, some uh, speed limit is, is under control mm. and then um for on the ground when it comes to community, uh, first of all, we, the, the community need to be engaged. Uh, we involve them for sure, uh, as they are the one who are running the the, the the highest risk of coming coming face to face with the tiger and having all this kind of negative in, uh, interactions. So we uh, the, the community needs to be encouraged to to, to participate in decision making. Uh, by the government and provide alternative livelihood options may be a thing to do and educating them about the importance of tiger conservation and foster a sense of ownership and reduce conflict. Uh, then uh, there are a few other things that um, that that the the with the help of technology can also be put in place just as a precautionary or to, to give them a heads up to say that there could be threat in nearby. So early warning system, there are already devices out there where uh, you can purchase or build yourself to to, to put in uh, uh, the perimeters of the village. So to, to develop all these kind of uh, uh, systems. And then next of it is that some orang asties, even in our landscape, they have livestock management. Uh, they have livestock within, within their, their villages. Uh, that's part of their livelihood. So there needs to be a livestock management as well. Mm. So tigers, uh, they prey on uh, livestock uh, 
uh, where, where the livestock are roaming very close to the edge of the forest. So these are all easy food for the tiger. So we want to prevent that from happening. Uh, what they can do is that um, build a paddock. Uh, I think in, in our landscape, they already have. If not, you should build a paddock, uh, house them in uh, the paddock when, uh, when, when it comes to the, towards, towards the end of the day so that the tigers, uh, even if they want to attack the paddock, there's a lot of animals there. And that, that will might mm. be a deterrent for tigers mm-hmm. to get easy food. Okay, okay. So so there are, I guess, you know, these are some of the ways that we can actually minimise the contact between wild tigers and humans, right? Because if, if they, I mean, really they're after sort of like other animals, right? They're not they're not preying on us. So uh, if it's just that we happen to be in the way, I suppose, right? That's pretty much what's correct. happening. Okay. That's correct. Even like, um, like to, to, just to add a point, uh, so in India, they did a study. Um, there's a lot of conflict when it comes to hurt, hurting people, injuring people and mm. um, killing people, unfortunately, by the tigers. Those conflict animals, a lot of them were actually injured, uh, injured animals. So um, with this, this uh, if poaching goes on like that and if the animal um, unfortunately get injured and these could increase the risk of the people nearby. Yeah. Okay. All right. And, you know, I mean, just moving on from, from human-tiger conflict, right? We, I mean, there's so much being done, right, to protect uh, the Malayan tigers. I mean, we've seen efforts being ramped up through the years, you know, throughout our conversations as well. You know, every year there's more and more things being introduced. Can you maybe remind us, uh, remind our listeners about what are some of the measures in place? You know, how is WWF Malaysia continuing to support, you know, all these different efforts as well? Yep, thanks. Uh, so let me share the one of the things that WWF Malaysia has initiated and uh, is still continuing doing that. It's what we call a project stampede. Mm. So stampede is a project um, being initiated when we detected a spike in snares in the forest in 2017. So it, it doesn't mean that um, previously, before 2017, we didn't do any, any patrolling work, anti-poaching work. We started off getting um, trained people, more people into doing patrolling. So but that time, uh, the, the thing was, we were a little bit unsure if you know, we were just getting better at our job and we understand the whole landscape much better. That's why we are detecting a slightly higher and higher snares every single year. But it was you know through the 2017 spike in snares, 100 over snares in the forest that, you know, this triggered the alarm to say that, no, this is not just us getting um, better at our work. There is a crisis in the landscape. So since the establishment of the Project Stampede in 2018, we managed to reduce the snares. With a baseline of 2017 of 100 over snares, we reduced it to less than 10% of the snares detected. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And ultimately in 2022, the team has walked uh, more than 10,000 kilometers on the ground not motorbikes, we don't take into account the boat um, patrolling and the cars and motorbike patrolling just on foot themselves by 15 to 20, um, more than 15 teams uh, in the forest. Uh, we did not find a single active snares. Wow, so that's awesome. That's correct. So we yeah. would like to celebrate that uh, mm-hmm. during this uh, Global Tiger Day. But at the same time, we, we are also staying very, very vigilant because we know um for one, um, the, 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 the poachers are not there at the moment. Uh, there's this some of displacement. So the poachers could be elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So we are. this is why we should keep a very close communication. And we are doing so with the uh, Pahiletan and other NGOs who are doing um, tiger research and tiger, tiger protection to, to say that, look, um, it, they are not here increase your, your efforts in your landscape and you know if you find anything keep us um, keep us posted as well yeah. uh, so all this kind of a continuous presence of these teams so we are deterring the poachers so but uh, and actually just to add on is that uh, not just that that it benefits the, the tigers uh, these kind of initiatives 
also provide a livelihood for the indigenous local communities that they come on board, they take the ownership and also they, they come in protection of the of the of the tigers. Mm-hmm. Like the Munrak Patrol and all of that, right? Yeah. That is correct. Okay, okay. Excellent. Daniel, that's really wonderful to hear. Uh, and uh, like you said, of course, a communication between everyone who is working uh, in their own capacity, uh, you know, for tiger conservation really need to um, yeah, really need to work together, right? Because it is you can't you can't be siloed in such a thing. Um yeah. and, and of course, you know, the government have been doing a lot, you know, they've really uh, ramped up their efforts as well. Uh, maybe you can also just remind us about some of the government-supported uh, tiger conservation efforts that are out there. Yep, thanks. Uh, so I, I saved this a little bit because I know you'll be asking about government and <laughs> it's only fair to give them credit as well because they have actually invested and supported a lot and has done a lot for tiger conservation. So on, on this uh, note, right, there is this Operasi Bersapadu Kazana by Royal Malaysian Police uh, and Pahitain, which has resulted in arrest of more than 100 people and seizures of millions of ringgit. And these uh, initiatives have also removed um, hundreds of snares from the forest, which led them to an international uh, award by international body in, I think it was in 2021 or 2022. Yeah. It was a, a, a very uh, deserved uh, recognition. Yeah. And then there's also the establishment of the Biodiversity Protection and Petroleum Program. So BP3, so B1B and 3P is a BP3, uh, composed of local indigenous uh, people and also veteran army to patrol the Malaysian forest. So the Malaysian government has allocated, starting off with 20 million in 2021, which was to find 500 rangers to be on the ground. And then third, it has increased to 37 million in 2022 to, 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 to support 800 rangers. And in 2023, the latest one, uh, 1,000 rangers. And the allocation for it was 39 million. So it's a lot of money going into uh, conservation of tigers and just patrolling itself, not just uh, not including a lot of other stuff that governments are doing. So the aim is actually to increase the number of rangers to 3,000 in order to have Malaysian forests better patrolled and much better protected. Mm. Uh, and then uh, we'd like to also remind that, you know, there's also this establishment of a National Tiger Task Force chaired by the Prime Minister. So this uh, task force is a model that has proven to be working in India and Nepal, where Nepal is a country that has managed to triple number of uh, tigers in their country from two, uh, since 2010. And then India is home to 70% of tiger population in the world. So we are taking this model, this formula, and you know, uh, we, we have to localize it to our Malaysian context. And you know, uh, if, if everything works well, we, we are doing, uh, uh, we, we are going on the right track to save the tigers. Okay, that's wonderful, isn't it? Because, you know, I remember speaking to, uh, you know, uh, some of your other colleagues from WWF Malaysia in, in years past, and, you know, they always said that boots on the ground, you know, that's one of the main things that we need to do. So, you know, it's it's lovely to hear, it's heartening to hear that the government are right. listening to the science, to the scientists, to the conservationists and actually taking these aboard, uh, on board and also, I guess, looking for best practices from uh, across the world, right, where, you know, it's been proven to work. So that's really, and, and localising it, of course, so that's really wonderful. And and what would your report card be? You know, how, how would you say, how effective would you say these conservation efforts have been so far? Uh, I, I'm, I'm more reserved on this one. Sure. So we have carried out our tiger uh, monitoring survey in 2016 to 2020. Uh, that's the first round. That that's the first time we ever get a, a robust um, density estimates yeah. for the whole country, and it was uh, at a level of uh, um, fewer than 150 individuals. 
So there's this, uh, it, the next phase was under the uh, Rancangan Malaysia ke-12, 12 Malaysian plan, uh, led by Pahilitan and also with the participation from other NGOs as well. Well, some will say, no, this is the next phase for the National Tiger Survey. Um, camera traps has been um, in de deployed in the forest uh, across the, the, the whole peninsula of Malaysia. And we in our landscape itself, more than 300 camera traps are active uh, simultaneously. And we hope to record a higher number of tigers and increase in density over time if everything goes well. Okay. All right. I understand. Yeah, it's, it's hard, isn't it? It's, it's still ongoing. Um, yeah, so, so completely understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, some promising developments, right? There are some promising developments that you can share uh, in the fight to protect the Malayan tiger from going extinct in the wild. That is correct. So yeah, I think this this answers that uh, in a, in a different way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the National Tiger Survey is one of it. Uh, next to it is um, I'm not sure if everyone is aware. There's this tool called Conservation Assured Tiger Standard, uh, CATS or in short, it's a tool where um, a site can use to monitor where are the strengths and the gaps and how to improve management of of, of an area. So Royal Bloom State Park, uh, managed by Para State Parks Corporation, which I believe. Uh, has you have an audience with uh, the director not so long ago to we talk did. about this issue. Yes, so yes. uh, we would like to congratulate them again on the accreditation of CATS in March 2023. So that that is uh, that is the first in Southeast Asia, not just in Malaysia. So this is a big achievement for Royal Bloom State Park. And um, more recently as well, uh, the Bebop Malaysia and Parastate Parks Corporation has also signed an MOU to formalize our long-standing tiger conservation efforts in um, the, the state park. Uh, the, so the MOU provides a framework for collaboration um, actions such as improving park management, protection and anti-poaching initiatives, monitoring of tiger prey population, local community engagement and so on and so forth. And, and it's still a lot of things in the list that we already planned out and we doing and plan out to be carried out in the next few years uh, of this MOU. And even that apart from this MOU, exceeds the MOU, will continue to do that. Uh, and then, uh, I, yeah, this this might be anecdotal, but I think it's also worth mentioning is that uh, our camera traps has also captured uh, footage of mother and four cups. Uh, I'm not going to spill too much more, but um, this is uh, news that you shared last year. Yep. Uh, and we, we have uh, some positive um news on top of this, but uh, I, I think um, we will let um, the Department of Wildlife and National Park, who leads this whole initiative, initiative uh, when and where, uh, find uh, if when they find appropriate to announce furthermore um, of all these kind of positive things. Uh, but, you know, simply put it, uh, we, we need to ensure that the tigers have enough space, uh, sufficient prey for food and healthy pool of mates. So th these are the things that um, the tiger needs uh, to be in the forest, and we just need to make sure that they are achieved. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. You know, okay. I know you cannot reveal too much, but yeah, I'm already getting goosebumps. Like, okay, I can't wait to hear what this good news is. So yeah, you know, it's 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 always lovely to hear, especially when there's babies involved and cubs involved, right? So okay, we'll we'll look out for that. Um, I, I just want to quickly go back to um something that you did allude to earlier. You know that that uh, local um local communities, right? They play a huge role in tiger conservation, and that is something I always want to sort of like stress on. It's not just local communities, but also like uh, just you know Malaysians like you and me. We all play a part, isn't it? I mean, what would you? Uh, how would you? define our role, you know, uh, local communities, uh, Malaysians, the rest of us, uh, what is the role that we play in tiger conservation? I think we, we um, are, are we talking about local uh, indigenous people or public Malaysian? I, I, I want actually a little bit of both. So maybe if you wouldn't mind segmenting it uh, in that way. Yeah. 
Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll try to break it down. So uh, when it comes, I think I've touched a little bit already on our local engineers, uh, community rangers, what we call STEM team. But um, the rest of them, they are also very crucial. Uh, they don't need to be in the STEM team to make a difference. Mm. So um, their, their, their contributions on the ground, uh, the, uh, the 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 um, news that they hear. Uh, if anyone tries to poach a tiger or other other animals, they, they are the eyes and ears when it comes to the um, uh, um, the defense. When it comes to the defense, very near to the forest, so they are contributing in those ways. And having them in in, in inside the landscape is actually an asset. So how this partnership came together was that um, WWF has the expertise when it comes to technologies. And local engineers, people, they are already um, the the community. They are already resident in the forest, and they are aware of uh, the uh, the things that are happening in the forest, and they are very sensitive towards every single changes in the forest. So we combine the local um, knowledge, expertise in this, and also uh, paired up with the technology. That's how we came about uh, of this partnership. That um, you know uh, we we provide the training required. And they will be in the forest to, to to sniff out the threats and also hopefully to 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 to, to track them, track the poachers down, and provide information for the authorities so that actions can be taken. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, when we have um, when when it comes to public, um, there's also the things that uh, they can do. Uh, first of all, be 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 mindful about the products that you purchase. So. Be mindful so that you don't support the wildlife trade in the market. And if you know of any anyone, let it be a physical shop or let it be even online when you're doing all your or, or your your shop your your I'm sorry uh, um, those kind of um, online platforms uh, purchasing stuff like that. If you see any wildlife parts related, uh, make a complaint or, or lodge a complaint to Pahilitan so that uh, actions like this can be taken. And of course, I, I think uh, when it comes to uh, policy and also changing the government's mind, we would also hope that the, the, the public uh, voice increases. So write to your leaders, write to your representative about how you feel about tigers and what are the ways that um, if you have any idea how how they can contribute to saving the tigers. Excellent. Well, I'm really happy to hear this, uh, you know, all the good things that you've been telling us. Um, of course, you know, the, the, the fight isn't over. You know, there's still a lot more work to be done and, and continuous efforts, of course. But are you are you hopeful, uh, you know, about the future of Malayan Tigers in Malaysia, Chris? Yes, I am actually. Uh, just by, by, by the commitment by the government themselves to increase the allocation and has an aim and have a have a have a plan and establishing a model uh, emulating from Nepal and India those are already some of the things that uh, can be said as a as a proxy as an indicator that we are moving the right way so but, but when having this say right um, this is not the end of it and this is the start of it so saving wildlife saving marine tiger is, is definitely in our hand and what happens tomorrow depends on what how, what are the actions that happens today. So every every, every single day counts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we should all, always also remember we must keep the habitats intact, we must keep them wild. Uh, you know, these are all important things that our decision makers and the government must take into consideration. Uh, yes, you know, when we're talking about development, yes, but how do we balance conservation with right. the environment, of course, right? Yeah, okay. Um, any, any last message, sorry, to, uh, that you'd like to leave us with before I let you go, Chris? Well, I think... 
there's much more that you can do and uh, to, to, to save the tigers. What I can actually reach out here today might be just a fraction of it. Uh, maybe some of it is, is to plan your career if you're interested in saving the wildlife too, to even start going that direction, read more about it, ask people, listen to all this kind of podcasts, listen to Juliet about on conservation. <laughs> Tiny, and, tiny fish in a big um, Yeah, maybe final message is that um, uh, I think just echoing what you mentioned earlier, it's not an effort that can be done uh, in a single person, in a single organization or just one agency. It has to be uh, a collaborative effort by everyone. Okay. All right. Well, Chris, thank you so much uh, for joining me today. Uh, thank I was, you for having me here, Juliet. My absolute pleasure. I was speaking to Christopher Wong, the Tiger Lead for WWF Malaysia. We were talking all things Malayan Tiger, how we are doing our very best, you know, to uh, to protect our critically endangered Malayan Tiger from going extinct in the wild. We did also, you know, touch a lot on human-tiger conflict and how we can change that into human-tiger coexistence. If you'd like to find out more about WWF's work, uh, you can, of course, head to their website. That's www.org.my or follow them on social media i believe you're on pretty much all the all the social media platforms right so do find out how you can help i mean even simple things you know bake a cake you know you can't do conservation bake a cake raise the money you know uh, contribute it to any one of the organizations wwf even that's you know contributing towards conservation of tigers so there's something that each and every one of us can do well happy world tiger day uh chris you know continue fighting the good fight <laughs> we'll catch up soon um and for listeners if you miss any part of our conversation today you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my slash earth you can also find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.